Welcome to the Player Development Project podcast. My name is Dave Wright, co-founder and editor of Player Development Project. PDP is a website for coaches who are committed to learning, and we provide a huge library of resources which consists of cutting-edge insights from the world's most innovative player developers, coach educators, and researchers. If you want to learn from the best and join a community of like-minded coaches, then check out playerdevelopmentproject.com. On this week's Player Development Project podcast, we answer a question from our community and try to offer up advice on practical problems faced by coaches around the world. Hi everyone, welcome to another Player Development Project Q&A. Really pleased to be joined once again by my colleague, UEFA A License Academy coach, Dan Wright. Dan, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good, good to have you on board. And uh, this week's question comes from John, who's working with under 14 players. John says he has an assistant coach who regularly insists on working with the goalkeepers separately. What are your thoughts on separating the keepers from the outfield players? Okay, I think this is our first question about goalkeepers. Um, you know, for me, we've got to understand his reasons. So why does his assistant think like that? You know, is it tradition? Is it, you know, how he was coached? Is it perhaps what he perceives as, you know, the right thing to do? So that's, you know, probably a starting point of a conversation to have with his assistant and, you know, get get into his, his, his mindset. Um, I recently listened to a podcast with Gary Neville where he talked about his experiences in Spain and said, that at Valencia, the goalkeepers would go out before training and do all of their, you know, specific stuff then, and then join in with the whole session with the outfield players. And so they were getting that contact time they needed. But in his opinion, the, the reason the goalkeepers were better with their feet is because they were having more contact time and probably in more scenarios where they needed to use their to use their feet. You know, so for me, it's about putting the goalkeepers in those sessions and in those games that create affordances so they can execute that skill in the context of the game. Because there's no point having all of the the attributes, you know, whether that's your handling or your distribution or the things that you're good at, if you can't actually apply them in the moment of the game. Is that something you'd agree with? Yeah, definitely. I think there's a huge um, issue around here with the connection, and I think that's a big one. So whether it's a positional connection or combinations with players like goalkeeper and centre-back, goalkeeper and full-backs, or, or potentially the four or the central midfielder who's coming short, and when we, when we talk about playing out from the back... There's also the social side of it, and, and by isolating the players, there is a risk of them being away from the group and not really feeling part of it. Um, maybe they just feel like they're almost fodder or just there to stop goals during the game. So I think we, we appreciate and understand that there are advantages to having that specialist work, but context is key here and making it game realistic is important. So I love having keepers involved in my sessions as much as possible. Um, I think it motivates the players uh, because they want to be beating a keeper when it comes to shooting. I think we can create constraints, you know, one touch finish or different types of combinations to finish or use mini goals to get goals but having a keeper in adds that realism adds that context and it means that there's real decision making happening within the game so it goes back to that representative learning design topic which we've spoken about a lot um, I also think in terms of developing players, having them working in sessions that are broader than just handling skills or pot potentially isolated kicking skills is going to enhance their skills. So if you're doing a real tight possession practice or a, a passing receiving interference practice, having the keepers in there is going to help them or even in a positional rondo because they can be in certain areas in there where they're going to get an appreciation of space. So I would lean towards including them. Um, but I think this also lends itself to the specialization debate, which is an interesting one. What, what are your thoughts around that? 
Yeah, I, mean, I think a lot of the research, you know, in the, in the top flight is now saying that the touches are seven to one. So seven with your feet to one with your hands. So all of the stuff that the goalkeeper coach might be doing might be more on that one side rather than the seven side, which also links into what you're saying with specialisation. You know, there's there's lots of good goalkeepers, you know, Schmeichel and Buffon and, and even Jack Butland that was playing rugby as a teenager. So perhaps if we're putting kids in goal at a young age and, you know, and only doing handling stuff and then chucking them in with a match, you know, are we giving them the, the best chance to shine? I think probably not. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that, that's that's a good debate. Even at 14, I think, you know, that that's probably the right sort of age where guys should be should be thinking about being a goalkeeper. But if we've been doing that since under eight, I think we've probably got it wrong. Yeah, I know when I spoke to Brad Guzan and that that uh, interview is available in issue four and he was at Aston Villa at the time. And obviously he's he's uh, he's gone on since then. But you know, he was talking about the fact that he played basketball, he played as an outfielder, primarily a centre-back for a long time during his football career, and didn't actually start specialising until around the, around the age of 18. Uh, and again, another bit of content on the website, our interview with Tim Dittmer, the uh, England sort of youth goalkeeping coach from 16s to 21s. Tim talks about the fact that specialising too young can be a problem, and that you know having a range of multi-sport and different, um, different experiences can help keepers, because it is something that really, as we know, you've got to have certain physical attributes to be a keeper, and and you need time to develop those physical attributes. So making sure they get around or a, a real sort of um, holistic development along the way of different things is going to help them. Um, so th- those bits of content, those two interviews are really key bits that I think uh, John could have a look at. And, and the specialization thing is interesting because, you know, we want to make sure that players are getting a range of opportunities and they're not being pigeonholed too soon into one, one position. And I've seen it where I've taken a young team to a tournament where we didn't have a goalkeeper on the day and we had to put outfielders in goal and had some great outcomes where outfielders went in, they got to work on their range of pass, they got to dribble and drive out, out of goal in tight spaces and had great success. So I think there can be outcomes um, for both, you know, and including or, or having outfielders go in goal or including the keepers in the practice. Any final thoughts from you, mate? Yeah, I think the obvious one here is to ask the players. So to ask the goalkeeper what he would like to do. So, you know, he's probably aware of the things that he needs to work on. And then are we clever as coaches to, to build that into a game? So if it is, um, you know, his distribution or if it is his cross-taking, can we design a practice where he's getting loads of repetition of that, but it's in the context of the game? I think that's that's probably a skill that the, the coach perhaps needs to develop here. Absolutely. Well, Dan, thanks for your time today. Hopefully we've helped John out and he can have a chat with his assistant and uh, see if he can make a few changes in his environment. And we'll look forward to another PDP Q&A very soon. Thanks for joining us on the Player Development Project podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PlayerDP or find us on Facebook. Don't forget to head over to playerdevelopmentproject.com where you can sign up to our progressive coaching community and gain access to our wide variety of resources to help you in your coaching.